0: to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Welcome, welcome everyone. It's Megan and Nikki. If this is your first time seeing either one of our faces, my name is Megan Huber and I am a client retention and group program leadership specialist, and I got my brand new business partner and bestie in business, Nikki Nash with me. We're going to dive into a conversation on the three mistakes you're making that stops your group program from growing. So Nikki, you want to say what's up to everybody?
1: Yes. Hi, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, as Meg mentioned, my name is Nikki Nash and I am a marketing expert slash genius. And I really help folks enroll clients into their group program, have that marketing plan that consistently generates leads and brings them into your program, as well as thinking through from a marketing perspective, what you need to do and say to retain clients and customers in your business.
0: Awesome. So we're going to be talking about group programs today. So if you currently have an existing group program, just type the word yes below Yes, I have an existing group program because today's topic is going to be really pertinent to those of you who already have a group program. You've probably been launching it. Maybe you've launched it at least one time. You've probably launched it quite a few times, or and it doesn't matter what kind of launch process you followed, whether it's live launch or a challenge, or you've done a soft launch where you've just used email and social media posts and Facebook Lives. But you've probably gotten to a point where it's like, I cannot figure out how do I get more people in my program or how do I have a launch where I'm actually hitting my financial goal? Um, You know, one of the other things that I see and I know Nikki sees this as well as is people will create their group coaching program. They'll start filling it and, you know, they'll do their first couple of launches and then they have a couple of launches that are really good, maybe better than the first two or three And then all of a sudden, they stop enrolling as many people. And when that happens, you know, I think a lot of group program coaches put a whole lot of pressure on the launch. I think all of us do that. We put a whole lot of pressure on the launch because the launch into the group program Is how we've kind of designed the business model to be fueling the business. It's what's making so much of the money. So, if you're used to generating a certain number of people into your group program, and then all of a sudden you don't, and maybe you don't a couple of times in a row, and you're having a hard time identifying, well, why is that happening? And then you're watching, it's like, well, I didn't hit my financial goal. I didn't hit my enrollment goal. What am I going to do now? And what we have found is that a lot of entrepreneurs they have a launch plan, but then there isn't a plan in between those launches. So we want to talk about some of the mistakes that we're seeing that when you solve them, you don't have to put so much pressure on your launches throughout the year to be making you all of your money. So I'm going to turn over you, Nikki, to start diving into the first mistake.
1: Yeah. And, The first mistake that we both agree that we see people make constantly when they're building their group program and really launching for the second, third, fourth, 10th time is not maintaining that consistent experience from marketing to delivery. Now, if you've ever purchased anything and put in the comments, whether you're watching live or the replay, if you're like, yep, that's happened to me, where you purchased something and you were so excited and you're like, this is going to change my life. It could have been a physical product or it could have been a service, right? And then once you have that product or service, delivered to you, the experience is not what you were expecting. And when you have that, people tend to have this feeling of a bait and switch. And the bait and switch can feel much larger, particularly when people are playing high ticket for a group program experience. And so one of the things that's so important for you to really think about is not just the marketing and how to get people into the program, but you really want to think, okay, what does this relationship look like once they become a client, once they are like, yes, I'm in the program and really coming up with, um, the kind of passing of the baton from marketing to sale, marketing and sales to delivery in a smooth transitional way. Because what you want to do is if somebody comes into your program, they've already paid in full or they've paid on a payment plan and they're in this program and they're not feeling that sense of, oh my gosh, this was the best decision I've ever made. Oh my gosh, I love this experience. It's even better than what I thought it was going to be from the marketing. If they're not feeling that, then they're already deciding pretty early that this was either a bad idea that they're not going to keep working from with you that you know the experience wasn't all that it was cracked up to be and then they're not going to recommend you to anybody else and so one of the most important things that you can do is really start thinking about you know what does it look like to have people in my program and it's more than just like hey i'm going to send them you know flowers or candy or a super cool journal it's like how do they feel in the program How, what can i do to make sure that they feel that from the the delivery and the product
0: yeah it's so interesting you know you and i have both been in this industry for a pretty long time and so many of the messages that any of us are seeing on social media or inside of our email inbox or on video trainings that we're watching so much of the emphasis on growing the business is on marketing and sales As it should be, we should be having a lot of conversations about marketing and sales. You should get to a place where you are highly uh, proficient and really effective at your marketing and sales. And if you're not, you want to bring somebody in to do that for you. And I just want to remind everybody, there's actually two sides to a business. There's the marketing and the sales side, and it's only half of the business. Yet we're putting like 90% of our time, effort, energy, and emphasis into that half of the business. The other half of the business is the delivery of the programs and products that you sold. And, you know, we spend so much time crafting the most amazing marketing plans. We spend all this time on our launches, again, as we should. We should be putting that type of time, effort, and energy into our launches, into the marketing plan. We should be crafting those things. So we're not just willy-nilly, you know, just, every single day figuring out what am I going to do to fill my program? So you do want to do that. And you want to put just as much time, effort, energy, and thought into, well, what's the client experience once they become a client? How am I engaging with them? How am I keeping track of how well they're doing? How am I, you know, what process do I have in place when I notice like, hey, Nikki hasn't shown up in the last three weeks. I haven't seen her on a call. You know, oftentimes we take that very personally. We think, well, Nikki didn't show up because Nikki doesn't like me. Or Nikki is thinks she's above or below the content that I'm teaching. Or Nikki doesn't like my style. And so we have these stories that we play in our minds. And then we have no process. There's no plan to follow When Nikki's not showing up, I'll tell you a really quick story. I learned this when I was a high school teacher online. I taught kids online. I would have up to 90 students a semester in three classes. And we had a protocol that we were required to follow as teachers that if we noticed a student's grade got to a C, which was if it got below an 80, so below an 80 was a C. And they were there for two weeks. And it had been two weeks at a C, our next step was to pick up the phone and call home. Because what we found is if we were letting it go beyond two weeks without a phone call home, that kid would kind of just drift completely away. They would stop doing their work, they would stop showing up, they would stop submitting their work, and their grade would just slowly decline. And if you allowed that to happen, like you can go from a C to an F really fast. And you know, you're not being graded when you're a client inside of a group coaching program, but as the leader of a group, that's an example of a type of plan and protocol that you want to have in place. When you notice that your clients are starting to drift, because if you don't reach out and touch them and figure out what's going on emotionally and how you can really support them, you're going to lose that client completely because they no longer see value in the program They're because they're not using the program yeah absolutely
1: and so it, just to reiterate it's really important for you guys to think about okay i'm bringing people into the program but realize that that delivery and that um understanding all the possible scenarios that could lead to someone checking out, not having a great experience, you know, getting overwhelmed, that you have protocols in place. And so that's one of the reasons that Meg and I love coming together is because, you know, I'll talk about marketing and getting people into your program all day, every day. But one of the things I know to be true is that no amount of marketing can fix a program that people don't enjoy or want. Like sooner or later, it starts becoming your brand and reputation of having this program that nobody gets anything out of. And you can't fix that through marketing and sales you have to fix it through delivery yes. so that is problem mistake number 1 and meg i'd love for you to share like what's the second problem that we aligned on as something that comes up for group program leaders
0: yeah so mistake number 2 that we were thinking of that we wanted to share is not having a repeatable onboarding process the onboarding process is it's really that first experience that your client is having after the initial sale so, I would say the onboarding process is like step zero. So, you really want to think through the entire onboarding process and notice that we're using the word process. It's not just an onboarding email welcoming the new client into the program, it's not just a, an onboarding email that's giving you access to the membership portal where you access all the modules, all the materials, all the pre recorded videos. Uh, onboarding is not just a singular onboarding call. And I think what most group program leaders do for their onboarding process, because that's what they're also experiencing as a client in other group coaching programs. And I think as human beings, we have this tendency to just go do what was modeled to us, right? It's why most people teach the way they teach inside of group coaching programs, because they're teaching the way they were taught when they were in grade school. So whether it was good or not, we're humans, we mimic everything. So whatever experience we had as a client in onboarding processes and all the group coaching programs we've been in, in our mind, we're like, oh, well, that's the right way to do it. That's how the five you know, coaches did it in the five programs I was in. So I guess that's what you do for an onboarding process. And so when all we're doing is simply mimicking what was shown to us, it may not be the best way to really serve and support the client. And you know, I would say what most people do for an onboarding process is one orientation call. Most people call it an orientation call or an onboarding call. They do it as an entire group. It lasts 60 to 90 minutes. Usually, I think what most instructors do or coaches do, they'll let everybody introduce themselves if it's a manageable number of people. And then they'll talk for 60 to 90 minutes and tell you all the things about what you need to do and how you need to show up to get the bet, to get the most out of the program. And then it pretty much just ends right there. And I think oftentimes the client is really, really overwhelmed or they're very confused or that onboarding process really and truly didn't didn't really set them up for success. It was just sort of like, hey, you're here. Welcome. Meet everybody. Here's what you're gonna get in this program. And then you just start the program. I really want to invite everybody to spend a spend a lot of quality time mapping out an entire onboarding process. It can be a it can be a combination of a lot of things. It could be a, a series of emails, a series of calls, uh, it could be a series of touch points, it could be a series of text messages. Do you have someone on your team or you individually reaching out to that person? There's so many different things you can do in the onboarding process. And it really sets the tone for what you expect from the client, the attitude that they need to have. Uh, Your onboarding process should really help your clients get some early wins. And you're really also setting the tone for the culture that you're creating among the community. Uh, And I know our next mistake has something to do with community, so... Um, there's just a little sneak peek of, um, mistake number two, but really spend some quality time developing what that onboarding process is going to look like. Absolutely. And what I love about what you're sharing here is
1: that you're really encouraging people to think, beyond just the, okay, they're in the program, they got an email, bam, they're onboarded. And one of the things that you've shared with me and we've discussed is that if you don't have this in place, it's you're missing out on that opportunity to retain people because it's such a critical moment. And so I'd love to hear from you, like for people listening, um, one, right below if you have, whether you're watching live or the replay, let us know if you have an onboarding process um, and and just so that we can have a gauge. But I'd also love to hear from you, Meg, how long do people have to really build that relationship and and have that onboarding process before someone's like, you know what, I'm not going to sign up, right? Like at what point do people make that decision whether or not they're going to keep working with someone?
0: It's anywhere between day zero and 90. So depending on who I talk to, I love to talk to people who have been in group coaching programs and didn't have a great experience and left it early. So I love hearing stories about, well, why did you leave early? What wasn't working for you? Tell me all the details. And I love talking to people who are renewing in programs. And I like to ask why, like, what was it about that program that caused you to renew? In fact, um, we had a couple, we're friends with an entrepreneur, couple, they live really close by in Tampa. They were at our house about two weeks ago and we were, we were filming a video for a promo for a live event. And they stuck around for like another hour and a half and we were just talking shop and talking business. And um, our video was about client retention. So naturally the conversation that we had was all about client retention and we were talking about our own experiences as clients when we stayed and when we left. And so my friend was telling me about two programs that they had joined as a couple. And one of them, they decided after two weeks, they were out. They felt like they were in the wrong program. They felt like there was no structure to the program. They felt like the leader of the program was all over the place. And this person was doing about $1.5 to $2 million a year in group coaching program sales. They felt like what was being taught was basic and what they were looking for was help on how to get to making $100,000 a month. But what was being taught was more geared towards people who were brand new in their business. And so this person felt within the first two weeks that they were ready to bounce from the program. And they had a conversation with the leader, and the leader was like, you know, just stick with it. It's going to get better, you know, da 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 da. So he was like, okay, I'll give it the full first 30 days. And within the first 30 days, his mind wasn't changed at all. So it really just depends I think on your client. Some people are going to make that decision really early on and they can make it within the first 30 days, but ultimately your clients are pretty much deciding if they're going to stay in your ecosystem or they're going to leave within the somewhere in the first 90 days of your program. And you know, I want us to be super clear, not every single client is a good fit to renew in the same program, right? So some are depending on who your client is what your body of work is, how you've designed your program. I know some people design their flagship groups and you should actually be in it for two to three years to get the full result that that program promises. And it's just how it's designed. I have some clients who have programs that way. But other clients, they get to the end, they've completed it, they've hit the goal. You wanna be thinking about what else do I have in my ecosystem so that that person can graduate into it? It doesn't matter what it is, it needs to make sense, but is it a continuity program? Is it one-on-one? Is it a higher level mastermind? So again, the onboarding process is really important because your client in their mind, they're assessing whether or not they trust you enough and believe you enough to stick with you and stay within your ecosystem for a long period of time. Clients are not waiting until the end of your program to make that decision. However, most group coaching leaders are waiting until the end of the program to even have the conversation about what are you going to do next? Are you going to do this again? Or are you going to do my yada again? And you got to invite those people into that. So keep that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I just wanted to, Re, uh, like,
1: emphasize is that e- a person may decide within the first 90 days that they're not going to continue working with you, but that doesn't mean that they're going to ask for a refund or leave your group program. Right. And I think sometimes people think everybody's in my program, they're doing stuff, they must be happy, but they may be going, I paid for this, so I'm going to get what I can out of it. But there's no way in Hades, right, that I'm going to keep working with this person. And I've been that person in other programs as well. So, um, I think it's j- just to reiterate, it's super important to. To create a process that allows you to deliver the best experience to people in those first 90 days so that they can make the best decision for them as to whether or not they want to keep working with you or not. Yeah, and
0: that onboarding process is, I mean, we're spending a lot of time talking about onboarding process, which means that it's really important just to kind of bring this one home. Um, One of my flagship group coaching programs, it was called Momentum. I had it for about two and a half years and I was on, I was launch cycling. So we were launching and filling that program with new people about every other month. So I was getting in about six launches a year. And I think I did about 14 or 15 launches for that program. Every single time we were bringing a new group of people in, at least in the beginning, I would say for the first seven to eight launches. We were adjusting pretty drastically our onboarding process every single time. And I just want everybody to feel really comfortable with testing. You know, you have to test. Again, I'm going to go back to what we were saying earlier. I I think so many group coaching program leaders, all they know is what they've experienced because most people aren't teaching this, right? So if you just had like a onboarding call, for 60 minutes, and it was a group call, more than likely, that's what you're going to do inside of your own program because it's what was modeled to you. But I have done everything under the sun for onboarding processes. In fact, one of my onboarding processes, and one of my clients actually does this, it lasted 30 days. And it was this 30-day period where the new clients weren't even introduced to the existing clients in the program. And what we did was we taught them what they needed to learn and take action on to basically get caught up to speed so that when they were introduced to everybody else in the program, they felt like they were right alongside the other people who might've been there for six months. So your onboarding process is really going to be dictated by, well, what's the program? What's the program promise? What's the curriculum? Is it rolling enrollment or not? Uh, what do you need to cover with your clients to get them caught up to speed so that they're confident? There's there's tons. There's like an endless number of variations and you have to be willing to evaluate your own or own uh, onboarding process. You've got to ask your clients what they thought of it, and then you have to constantly be making adjustments to it to make it better. I think that's something that's so important about group coaching programs in general is that you're—it's not one and done when you create it. Every single time you have an iteration, you're making it better. You're making improvements. You're removing things, just like you do with your onboarding process. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, so far, we've covered
1: our first two mistakes. Our first mistake was not maintaining a consistent experience from, you know, that marketing, getting people into the program through delivery. You want to avoid that bait and switch. We've also talked uh, for a decent amount of time because it is crucial about creating that onboarding process, something that's repeatable, something that you could um, do over and over again, knowing that, you know, there is a testing and... Rejiggling face so that you can um, have people really feel great about being in your program, um, not just for the duration of your program, but consider working with you for, um, you know, another year, two years, four years until eternity, because they're making those decisions pretty early on. Now our third mistake, and, and I call Meg MJ FYI. So if I slip and say MJ, just so you know who I'm talking about, Meg and I are going to, you
0: know, I really love you when you, when I let you call me MJ, (laughs) very few people on planet earth. I think like one or two other people call me that. And Nikki is one of them. (laughs) Truth. True. And I try to like go
1: Meg, say Meg, we're on video. Um, But (laughs) mistake number three, and we're going to volley on this one, is about not creating that sense of connection and community. Because at the end of the day, when somebody joins a group program, it's not just about you and your curriculum. Your curriculum is huge and important, but it's also about that community. It's about people going through this process, not being alone and having other people who are bringing their knowledge and experiences and like value to the table. And so one of the things that you really want to think about is how do I facilitate connection and community within the group program, because a lot of people don't realize that that's your job, right? Like you may be going, I have this group program. Um, People are coming in. Obviously they're in a group and they'll make some friends and they'll go talk. But some of the best group experiences that I've had, and they haven't been group programs. It's just been like, like a group, an event with a group of people, or um, I became a community member of a co-working space. But one of the things that I just want to share with you that I loved is when people curated connections, when they were like, you know what, Um, you do this, this other person uh, does this. I know you both are like looking for somebody who can help you or to talk about it, or you have something in common. There are so many reasons to connect people, but you make those Introductions like, hey, people that know, like, you know, two people, you should go chat. And it was really great becoming coming into something new and feeling like, oh phew, at least I have a friend. Because believe it or not, guys, I'm an introvert. And so, like, and I'm also naturally shy, um, especially growing up, which I've I've come out of my shell a lot, but I grew up a very shy kid. So going into group experiences solo, not knowing anything, anyone is still intimidating for me. So when somebody's like, "Hey, Nikki, here's Meg. You both talk about group programs. You guys should chat. It'll be great." If somebody had done that for me when we were like at a conference or something, I would have been like, "Oh, phew. I have a friend. Let's chat." Um and it just alleviates a lot of that, you know, feeling of of being alone that can happen inside group programs.
0: Yeah, you know, the first time, I not the first time, but there was a time when I really understood this concept. And I was running a virtual retreat. This was in 2021. It was January of 2021. No. Maybe it was January 2020. I don't remember. I pandemic 2020. <laughs> but we had to have a virtual retreat because of the pandemic. So it was at least like 2 years ago or a year and a half ago, I don't remember. And uh we had this virtual retreat. It was 2021. And It was for a group program I was running. It was the first day of the retreat. It was in the morning. I had done this, you know, initial welcome, kind of first 45-minute spiel from me. And then we were on our first segment of the curriculum for that day. And I put them in breakout rooms. I think we had three different breakout rooms. And it was a long breakout room because of what they were discussing. And so they were discussing, they were discussing. I got a text message from a couple of the clients in the breakout rooms. And they're like, we're going to need more time. People are like getting emotional, which doesn't typically happen in my mastermind retreats because we talk so much about business and strategy. And I was like, okay, like I'm totally fine. We'll add another 15 minutes. And so we did, everybody comes back into the main Zoom room. And we had this very open, honest conversation with each other. And my clients started sharing with, Us all publicly, when we were in those breakout rooms, we realized we don't really know each other. We don't really feel connected. And I remember one of them said, just because we're showing up together every single week in the program and we see each other on Zoom and we hear each other on Zoom and we're communicating and we're in a Facebook group and we're like in all these places together. We don't actually feel a connection with each other. We don't actually feel like a community. And that was, you know, for me, I always point the finger back at me. And I was like, okay, well, what can I as a leader do differently and better? What do I need to improve? And I I think this is so important to get that just because your clients are in a group together, they're in a Facebook group together that's private for the program. They're seeing each other on Zoom calls every week, sometimes multiple times a week. That does not equal real connection. That does not equal everybody knows each other. That does not equal community. You have to facilitate that. I've been learning so much about this concept of connection and community and what it actually does for your clients and for your business. Because everything we're talking about, you are doing it to be in service of the clients, but you also have to do it to be in service of the profitability of the business, which is really important to us. I've been learning so much from other industries, and one in particular is the fitness industry. I joined a a gym called Burn Boot Camp in March, and I'll tell you the number one reason why I joined is because I wanted a sense of belonging and I wanted community in the fitness and gym world because I was already going to a gym. I was seeing people, you know, 100 other people at the gym every single time I was there, which was every single day. Yet I didn't know a single person and I felt totally alone. And I felt like half the people in there are stronger than I am, look better than I am. It's very intimidating. Nobody talks to you and people just like stare you down to get off of the machine that you're on, right? They want you to move. And I was like, I feel bored. I don't know anybody here. I've been going here for three years. I just need something different. And I really, really want to find like my people. And so I joined Burn Boot Camp. And not only do I have an incredible experience as a client, in fact, I was hooked after day one. As a business owner, naturally, who specializes in client retention, I do a lot of observing of what they're doing to create those emotions in people. So, you know, that's just a tip that we have so much to learn from other industries that are very much based on community. Uh, I'm not going to give away all the things that they do. You can go join a burn boot camp for that. But I do want to invite everybody to look outside of the industry because a lot of folks in the coaching world, again, we mimic. We're mimickers. We're human. We mimic what we experience. And what you experience may not be the best thing for you to roll out to your own clients inside of your group coaching program. So, so look at it from other perspectives, look at it from other organizations or companies that you might do business with, or you're a member of, if you're in like a membership program for other, in other industries and other fields, really pay attention to what they're doing to build the community and the connection, because none of us stay in something that is group collective oriented, unless we genuinely feel a sense, a very deep, visceral sense of belonging that is so important. The minute you feel like you don't belong, we want to bounce. We want to leave. We want to retreat. We want to go back into our shell. And then we're going to go find another group that will accept us and make us feel like we belong.
1: That is so true. So, so true. So really quickly, for those of you who are watching live or the replay, let us know which. We shared three mistakes that we're seeing that are stopping people's group programs from growing. The first we shared was all about, you know, not maintaining that experience um, from marketing to delivery, right? Doing the the bait and switch. And it doesn't have to be intentional, but you really have to think about how do you create a seamless experience or where people feel like, oh, I am getting something even better than what was marketed to me. Um, When you're going from, wow, they were a lead Um, and a prospect to bam, they're now officially in this group program, they're a client. So that's number one. Number two is really having that onboarding process because people will decide, as Meg said, within the first 90 days, whether or not they're going to continue working with you, whether it's re-enrolling in that same program or uh, buying something else from you, they're going to decide that really in the first 90 days. So you want to think about how do you make an onboarding process such that they're having um, a really amazing experience so that they can, you know, hopefully decide whether or not they want to work with you in the future. And then the third that we talked about is really creating that sense of connection and community because real talk people, when they don't feel that connection or community, they bounce. In fact, there are Um, Programs or things that I left because I didn't feel like my people were there and I didn't feel like I belonged. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Right? Like, why am I paying to be somewhere where I feel like an outcast? And so, you really, again, as the facilitator, it's your job to uh, create that community and to curate those connections for people.
0: Yeah, amazing. I love all of these suggestions. I would love to hear from anybody watching the replay or live. Which one of these mistakes do you feel like? you could start focusing on first. So if you were just going to pick one of these to like really analyze and evaluate inside of your business, which one would it be? Number one, number two, or number three that you're going to really focus on next and take a look at and just start making some small tweaks. Like just start looking at it, like, you know, even, even asking your clients how they feel about the community. You know, sometimes I think we're not really clear Or we think that we are because we're not getting constant feedback from our clients. Sometimes I think we really shy away from that because we're afraid of what they're going to say. But don't be shy. I mean, your clients really, really, I mean, they purchased it because they want to be there. They really want to be there. They want to have an amazing experience. They want to get something out of it. And the more that we're in tune with our clients and we're asking from them what they want, doesn't mean you have to implement every single thing that they want because that can get a little bit out of hand but don't be shy about asking them. Um, So I would love to hear from you. Are you going to focus next on number one, number two, or number three? You don't have to do all three at one time. So pick one. And um, Nikki, I know we've got some really cool workshops coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. You want to tell everybody about that?
1: Yeah. So um, this video is just a uh, beautiful example of the marriage of uh, Meg and I from a business perspective, because we have our own area of expertise, but we're also very much aligned on um, values and how we see group and the industry. And so for those of you that are like, yes, like I not only um, want support with that marketing and enrolling people in and, and really building that reputation and brand for my group program. But I want to make sure I want to think through um, what does the onboarding process look like? How do I create it so that I have a number of clients that not only um, have a great experience, but decide to continue to work with me, right? You're retaining customers because real talk, it is so much cheaper from a marketing and ma- just pure math perspective to retain customers than it is to constantly getting new customers. So we really, if you're someone who's like, yes, I am interested in that kind of holistic look at building and growing my group program from marketing, sales, delivery, um, processes, systems, then we'd love to support you, uh, especially if you vibe with us. Meg and I, as she mentioned at the, the beginning of this video, have become business partners. We've known each other for a while. And we really see an opportunity to support you um, holistically with group programs. So as Meg mentioned, we have a couple of workshops coming up. We're going to announce them in the next like week or so. But if you are someone who's like, you know what, I am raising my hand. I have a group program. I would love you guys to share your wisdom with me, whether it's in the workshops and, and other things you have coming down the pipeline. Put the word group below so that we know that uh, you're interested in learning more from us. We'll reach out to you. We'll give you kind of a sneak peek into what's to come. Um, and there's just some real magic that's coming uh, to you very, very soon around how do you grow a sustainable group program?
0: Sustainable and profitable. Profitable. Preach. So yeah. key. So key. So much of what we're sharing here and what we're going to be sharing in our workshops in our upcoming program as well. It's all about how are we designing our programs? Just like Nikki said, from the marketing all the way through the entire client experience to the renewal or the re-enrollment so that your group program is actually profitable. And so much of the design of the program, how you're, how you're functioning inside the delivery of your program is actually going to make it much more profitable for you. Um, a conversation that we really want to bring so much more light to in this industry. Um, revenue is important. It's it's super important. And so is profit. Um, so Drop the word groups if you want to uh, come party with us in our upcoming workshops. Yes. Awesome.
1: That's what we've got for you guys today. If you have any questions, put them below. We're going to keep checking out who's engaging with our videos. But again, we'd love to support you and uh, drop the mic. We're out. (laughs) We're out.
0: See you guys next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.